Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal versus Manchester United, Saturday, January the 30th, 2021. Kickoff, 5.30pm. The contents. The manager, Mikel Arteta. The captain, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Voice of Arsenal. Match action, Arsenal versus Newcastle United. Player feature, Bent Leno. Convertible currency, 14 times. My story. Community, Forward Arsenal, Arsenal Academy, Match Action FA Cup, Southampton FC versus Arsenal, Visitors, Manchester United, Arsenal Women, Match Action, Southampton FC versus Arsenal, My Arsenal, and Teams. Manager's Notes, Mikel Arteta. It was a really strong performance against a very good side on Tuesday at Southampton. We attacked well, our build-up play was good, our attacking display in the opponent's box was really good. We were really strong in the high press and we defended well when we were pushed deep. Overall, if you want to beat a team like Southampton, you have to deliver in those departments. We actually started the game strongly before they scored, creating a big chance for Laka one-on-one with the keeper. Then we conceded from a set piece, but we reacted really well. I think we show that character all the time though. We've been through very difficult moments, but we have managed to maintain the spirit and the solidarity of the team, which is never easy when you lose football matches. That confidence is there and it's growing. It's something that we are working on every day. Everyone is responsible for that, whether you are playing on the bench or injured. It's the same with the staff. For me, it's the only way to have that strong foundation and slowly get better as a team, to get better individually and keep competing the way we're doing. We had some difficulties against the high press against them in the FA Cup that we resolved for the second game. We were much more efficient in breaking their pressing and that's how we got into much better positions. That was a big improvement. Defensively, we were really good on the high press and won the ball in really dangerous areas and got going from there. We looked at how we could expose them, we had a game plan, and that's part of the reason for playing Bukayo on the right and Nico on the left. Nico looks much more settled and convincing. He looked more confident, so overall I'm delighted. 
I thought he had a good game against them in the cup and was involved in our best attacking moments. Also, he deserves his chance for the way he's been playing. On the other wing, Bukio's doing really well too. He is always asking to train more and improve in areas that he can do better. One of those areas was producing the final action in the box to score or assist, and he's doing that much more often. He's able to do that with the work he's put in and the intelligence he's shown on the pitch, and with the capacity he has to understand the game from different positions. He's becoming a really complete player. I think Bukayo's much better when he plays in the last line of our attack, but the truth is that sometimes we can also use him as a left-footed fullback as well. It's good for his development though to play there. Last season he played a lot of games there and became a much better player. He's got that talent and he's always keen to play in different positions. He can be a leader on the pitch. He's really humble, respectful, but at the same time he's got that character within him and on the pitch he can demand the ball. He can make actions and decisions and that's not very usual at his age. That's great because we need that leadership. He's gaining that with his performance and attitude around the team. Laka also got the goal he deserved and he's really found his form since the team dynamic has been better. He's having more consecutive games when he's starting and scoring. That's a really strong combination for any player and in particular for a goal scorer like him. He needs to be on the score sheet. So we are building our confidence up but we know it's another huge game today against Manchester United. We have a long way to catch up with the teams above us. We haven't done anything yet. We are improving as a team, but we can still improve a lot in many areas. This is what we're doing. Every day we build again, work hard, be better, and let's see where we get. I don't want to look at the table. I want to look at ourselves and how we can get better. We have to get that consistency that we've been lacking. We just want to try to improve as a team. Each match is a new game, so let's review our performances, train, improve in the many areas we need to get better and see how far we can go. As far as team news goes, as I write these notes, it's still too early to say whether Kieran Tierney will be available today. He wasn't available at Southampton in the FA Cup because he was experiencing discomfort in his leg and it kept him out of Tuesday too. We will monitor his progress before making a decision for this game. The same for Emil and Thomas Party. Emil had some muscular discomfort on Tuesday, while Thomas was also feeling some discomfort too, so we brought him off. Hopefully they can both recover and be fine for today's match. At the moment there is no update on Orba's availability either. But what I want to say on that is I love how the players support each other and how they protect each other. Orba is having a difficult time, but we are all behind him and our win on Tuesday was for him. Finally, I want to welcome Martin Odegaard to the Arsenal family. He's a player we know very well, and although he's still young, he's been playing at the top level for a while. I'm sure he will provide quality offensive options, and we're all excited to have him here and to integrate him into the squad until the end of the season. Thanks for your continued support. Captain's Notes, Hector Bellerin. Hector Bellerin. Hector. Club captain Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was unavailable to prepare his usual programme notes this week for personal reasons. So ahead of today's match, we hear from vice-captain Hector Bellerin. 
The first thing I want to say is, as always, completely behind our captain, and we're always giving him 100% support at this moment. We are wishing the best for Ulba, and our win on Tuesday night at Southampton was for him. We sent him a message before telling him we were going to win the game for him, so I was delighted that we managed to do just that. The support for him in the dressing room is amazing, and I want him to know that whenever, whatever, the weather, we'll support him always. Hopefully, you can see our love for him in our performance in St Mary's. That was fantastic, especially after going behind so early. That was something we actually spoke about in our pre-match preparation, that we had to be careful with set pieces. They are a smart team and score lots of goals from set pieces, so it was disappointing to start like that. And also, we had a big chance just before that. But the reaction of the whole squad was second to none. It was amazing, not just after the goal was conceded, but taking it until the last whistle. Everyone was pressing and there was no way out for them. I think that's why we had to keep going. In the way the game went in the FA Cup in the second half, we almost had control. We almost had chances. So we knew that if we played our game on Tuesday from the start, then we could get on top of them. That's just a belief in what we have as a team. Okay, we were behind at the score, but we still had 80 minutes to play. And with the quality that we have, we can make that happen. I think this is a behaviour that we've instilled in the dressing room. We believe until the end that this time we took our chances and it's really important as well. The forward players did really well. I didn't even need to overlap. It was better to leave them 1v1. That's going to be more dangerous than me overlapping because the talent we have here is top. The young players experience one. Everyone is adding to their own. And I think that it's great when we play these kind of games and everything goes our way. We put the threads of passes together and it was so enjoyable to play in the environment like this. It was a great game for us to be on the pitch. Saka has played on the right lately and I think our partnership is looking good there. Even though he's doing so well, he got on his feet on the ground and when we work on the right side, we had to communicate all the time. He's someone that listens, that wants to help the team too, 100%. I think that's the most important thing. When a player wants to learn and wants to listen to their teammates, help their teammates and help the team, it's the most important thing. He's got a lot of that and I'm so happy for him that he's going to go a long way. And it was an important win on Tuesday too. And we continue our run and slowly move back up the table. The key for us is to take one game at a time. When you find yourself in a difficult position in the league, the worst thing you can do is check the table every week. Instead. We have to focus on ourselves, focus on our game and the way that we want to play. And that's what we've been doing until now. It's been working and the reasons we've been able to move up the table. Now we have some tough games coming up. The key is going to be resting well, preparing well and be ready for them. The first of those games is against Manchester United at home today and they are clearly doing really well at the moment. It looks like they've clicked last season and even the start of this one. You can see that they weren't really gelling together yet. But they have switched it around and that tells you a lot about football. You can be on a bad run. Then all of a sudden, if it clicks, you can go on the run. And it went all the way to the top. We can do the same. The way we played against them away this season was a great team performance. We should build from there. 
We know we can beat them. We've had that confidence and a run of results lately shows that too. We have beat them the last two times we met, to be honest. You could look at anything like that that will help you. We know the way they play and we know that we have to beat them. Maybe for them, mentally knowing that they haven't beaten us for a while, it's something they will have in their heads as well. For us, it's about our game and how we play that matters. Not thinking about the opposition. If we keep our spirits right, keep working hard, keep on the process, then good things will happen. I've captained the side for the last couple of games and of course it will be an honour to do it again if Uber isn't available. I've always said it though, our dressing room is full of leaders. Whoever wears the armband, Uber is the captain. But we have so many experienced players that everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to take responsibility. Everybody wants to step forward when needed. And that's what's really good about this team. Obviously we miss Uber. He is a top player. And we have to do it for him. For me, it's always an honour to walk the team out. I've been here a long time now and it makes me happy and proud that the work is paying off and that I can represent the team like this. But for me, the most important thing is we can welcome Uber back soon. Voice of Arsenal Welcome Martin. Norway international Martin Odegaard has joined us from Real Madrid on loan for the remainder of the season. The attacking midfielder started his career in Norway with Stromskotset, where he made his debut as a 15-year-old in April 2014, becoming the youngest ever player to feature in the top division. After featuring regularly in the Stromskotset team in his first season, he was signed by Real Madrid in January 2015 and subsequently became their youngest player in May 2015. In the three seasons from 2017-18, Martin spent loan spells with Herrenveen and Vitesse Arnhem in Holland and then last season back in Spain with Real Sociedad, where he helped the club reach the final of the Copa del Rey and also qualify for the Europa League. Now 22, he has also made 25 appearances for Norway, making his debut in August 2014 when he became the youngest debutant for his country's senior national team at the age of just 15 years and 253 days. Technical director Edu was thrilled that the talented midfielder had opted to head to North London. We are delighted to welcome Martin to the club until the end of the season, said Edu. I would like to thank everyone at Real Madrid and Martin's representatives for their collaboration in making this loan move happen. Martin is an exceptional talent and we are strengthening our squad by introducing an exciting offensive player to the club for the remaining months of this season. If Martin makes a first team appearance for the Gunners, he will become only the second Norwegian to play for the club after Pal Leidesen in 1992-93. One of Martin's international teammates, Harvard Nordfeet, was on the Gunners' books between 2007 and 2011, but he didn't make a first-team appearance. Martin will wear the number 11 shirt. Mesut Özil joins Fenerbahce. After seven and a half years at the club, Mesut Özil has joined Turkish Super League side Fenerbahce. 
Mesut became our record signing when he joined us at the end of the 2013 transfer window from Real Madrid. He soon made an impact, claiming his first assist on his debut and ended his first season with the dramatic FA Cup final win over Hull City. Two more FA Cups followed in the next three seasons, and Mesut was also named Arsenal Player of the Season in 2015-16. During his time with us, Mesut made 254 appearances in all competitions, scoring 44 goals and making 71 assists. Mikel Arteta said, Mesut's achievements at Arsenal are undisputed. It was a privilege to play alongside him and more recently coach him. His creativity and vision led to many goals during his time in the Arsenal shirt. Mesut was at the heart of many great moments for this club over the years, including those three FA Cup final wins. These successes will always be part of our history. We thank Mesut and wish him all the best with Fenerbahce. On leaving the club, Mesut said, I'd like to thank the club for the amazing journey over the past seven and a half years. The support I have felt from the team and the fans during my time here has been truly incredible and something I will always be grateful for. Together we won trophies for the first time in years and created memories that will last a lifetime. The Arsenal fans will forever remain in my heart. I'd like to thank Edu Gaspar for helping bring about a professional and dignified solution in the past few days and I wish everyone at the club the best in their attempt to continue to bring Arsenal back to the top, where we belong. Everyone at Arsenal wish Mesut all the best for the future. Matt Sagana Australian goalkeeper Matt Bryan has joined Arsenal for the remainder of the season from fellow Premier League outfit Brighton and Hove Albion. The 28-year-old international has made 124 appearances since signing for the South Coast side in 2017. Technical director Edu said, Matt is an experienced goalkeeper, a proven talent in the Premier League and has also played many internationals for Australia. Matt will further strengthen our squad with his experience and knowledge of playing at the highest level. Following Matt Mace's recent move to Hibernian, Matt will provide a very good competition and positive support to all our goalkeepers and we are looking forward to him integrating quickly into the setup here at Arsenal. Born in Sydney, Matt played for Blacktown City and Central Coast Mariners in Australia between 2009 and 2013, before moving to Europe where he made more than 100 appearances for Club Bruges in Belgium. In 2015 he joined Valencia in Spain, where he spent two seasons, including a loan spell back in Belgium with Genk. Matt has won 59 caps for the Australian national team, playing in the 2014 and 2018 FIFA World Cups, as well as the 2015 and 2019 Asian Cups. He won the Best Goalkeeper Award at the 2015 tournament, which was played in Australia. Matt, who is a lifelong Arsenal fan, will wear the number 33 shirt. Thank you, Marcus. Congratulations to Manchester United striker Marcus Rashford on the special award he received for his tireless work raising awareness of child poverty in the UK at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year show before Christmas. On behalf of Arsenal Football Club, we would also like to recognise Marcus's remarkable campaigning. 
which has ensured thousands of young people have not gone hungry during the pandemic. You have been an inspiration to all football fans, Marcus, irrespective of their allegiance. Thank you. Socrates leaves Arsenal. After close discussions with Socrates and his team, Arsenal recently decided to cancel the Greek central defender's contract by mutual consent. Papa has subsequently joined Olympiakos. The Greece international defender joined the Gunners from Borussia Dortmund in July 2018 and made 69 appearances for us, scoring six goals. He was part of the FA Cup winning squad in August and played 12 matches during our run to the Europa League final in 2019. Technical director Edu said, On behalf of Mikel, our coaches, players and everyone at the club, I would like to thank Papa for his contribution to the club. He has been an important part of our group and has been a model professional throughout. The negotiations to end his contract have been collaborative and we wish Papa and his family well for the future. Programme ITK Arsenal have won their last two Premier League matches against Manchester United, last winning three in a row in September 1998 under Arsene Wenger. Manchester United are winless in all four Premier League games against Arsenal under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, drawn one, lost three. From day one, Arsenal versus Manchester United games have guaranteed goals. The very first match on October 13th, 1894, finished 3-3. After ten games between the teams, there had been 46 goals, including four 5-1 results, two wins for Arsenal, two for United. Ref Watch Today's referee, Michael Oliver, is from Northumberland and has been a Premier League referee since 2010. Michael has already officiated at Emirates Stadium three times this season, in our 2-1 win over West Ham, then the 2-1 home defeat against Wolves, and most recently the 3-1 win over Chelsea on Boxing Day. The seven yellow cards he showed in the Wolves match was the most he has brandished all season. Arsenal League Champions 1930-31, stroke 1932-33, stroke 1933-34, stroke 1934-35, stroke 1937-38, stroke 1947-48, stroke 1952-53, stroke 1970-71, stroke 1988-89, stroke 1990-91. Stroke 1997 stroke 98, 2001 stroke 02, 2003 stroke 04. FA Cup winners, 1930, 1936, 1950, 1971, 1979, 1993, 1998, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2014, 2015, 2017, 2020, League Cup winners, 1986-87, stroke 1992-93, stroke Charity-Community stroke community Shield winners, 1930-1931, shared, 1998-1999, 2002, 2004, 2014, 2015, 2017, 2020.
Fairs Cup winners, 1969-70. stroke European Cup Winners' Cup winners, 1993-94. stroke FA Youth Cup winners, 1996-1971-1988-1994-2000-2001-2009. Arsenal Football Club. 75 Drayton Park, London, N51BU. Telephone 0207 619 5000. Website www.arsenal.com. Email program at arsenal.co.uk. Twitter at AFC Program. Directors Lord Harris of Peckham, Stan Crunker, Josh Crunker, Tim Lewis. Secretary, David Miles. Life President, Ken Fryer, OBE. Chief Executive Officer, Vinay Venkatesham. Technical Director, Edu. Manager, Mikel Arteta. Jeff Barnett. Arsenal Football Club were greatly saddened to hear of the recent death of former Arsenal goalkeeper Jeff Barnett, aged 74. Jeff joined the club in October 1969 from Everton after Bob Wilson had broken his arm and performed admirably in Bob's absence that season, featuring in the victorious Fairs Cup campaign, when he saved a crucial penalty against Sporting Lisbon. Throughout his time with the club, he was an excellent understudy to Bob and later Jimmy Rimmer, and made an FA Cup final appearance at Wembley in the Gunners' 1-0 defeat to Leeds in 1972. After making a total of 49 appearances, Featuring 23 clean sheets, Jeff left the Gunners and crossed the Atlantic to play for Minnesota Kicks in January 1976, where he later coached. He later returned to England, but eventually settled back in the States, where he died due to COVID-19 on January 15th. A former England schoolboy and under-21 international, Jeff was a popular figure at the club and much-loved teammate and friend as seen on his return to Highbury to be part of the final salute celebrations against Wigan Athletic in 2006. Arsenal remembers. In memory of our beautiful boy, Ethan Bourne, January 3rd, 2009, January 8th, 2021. Taken too soon. We want to raise awareness to all those young people out there, and if we could help anyone, he would be so happy. Keep playing our sweet boy and keep scoring. We love you forever. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Christopher Davis, a lifelong devoted Arsenal fan who sadly passed away aged 46 on November 8th, 2020. He will be sadly missed by fiancé Kim, godson Zane and all those who loved him. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Paul Rogers, aged 49 years. Grandson of an army gunner, thus a lifelong gunner. An immensely popular man. Fundraiser stroke chairperson, Relay for Life, CRUK, Luton. Amdram devotee, magician and more. Missed by an entire community, his wife, Helen, and four daughters. Ken Cording, aged 66, passed away January 6, 2021, after a short illness. Lifelong gooner and Block 108 season ticket holder. He will be sorely missed by friends and family alike. Lionel Francis Massetti sadly passed away on January 14th, 2021, aged 93. 
a Gibraltar national who supported Arsenal since his early days when he spent several years in London during the Second World War. May he rest in peace. Match Action Newcastle Report Premier League Match Day 19 8pm Monday January the 18th Emirates Stadium Arsenal versus Newcastle United Arsenal 3 Aubameyang in the 50th and 77th minutes and Saka in the 61st Newcastle 0 Match Stats Total Shots Arsenal 25 Newcastle 12 Shots on target, Arsenal 9, Newcastle 2. Corners, Arsenal 8, Newcastle 3. Offsides, Arsenal 1, Newcastle 1. Fouls, Arsenal 17, Newcastle 15. Possession, Arsenal 61%, Newcastle 39%. Playing for Arsenal were 1, Leno, 17, Cedric, 23, David Lewis, 16. Holding. 3. Tierney. 34. Schalke. 18. Party. Substituted in the 67th minute. 7. Saka. 9. Lacazette. 14. Aubameyang. Substituted in the 78th minute. And 32. Smithrow. Substituted in the 82nd minute. Substitute. Elneny, who came on in the 67th minute. William, who came on in the 78th. Martinelli, who came on in the 82nd, Bellerin, Gabriel, Willock, Pepe, Runoson, and Kitia. For Newcastle United, 26, Darlow, 17, Kraft, 15, Lewis, 6, Lascelles, 2, Clark, 8, Shelby, 24, Almiran, who was substituted in the 87th minute, 4, M. Longstaff, substituted in the 78th minute, 13. Wilson, 9. Joe Linton, 7. Carroll, substituted in the 69th minute. Substitute, Hendrick, who came on in the 78th minute, Anderson, who came on in the 87th, Murphy, who came on in the 69th, Dubravka, Ritchie, Mankilo, S. Longstaff, Hayden, Yedlin. First half. Most of our first half chances fell to skipper Pierre-Marie Aubameyang, including a powerful shot over the bar after a good break involving Thomas Partey and Emil Smith-Rowe. Newcastle offered little attacking threat, but remained tough to break down, with Aubameyang poking another shot wide from inside the area and then seeing a deflected cross nearly fly into the top corner, only for Carl Darlow to make a flying save. The half drew to a close with David Lewis sending a free header over at the end of a low-key opening 45. Second half. Less than two minutes into the second half, we tested the Newcastle goalkeeper again with a fierce Alex Lacazette drive. But minutes later we had the breakthrough, as the influential party released Aubameyang on the break with a fine pass, and our captain raced in on goal and fired past Darlow. We doubled our advantage shortly afterwards when Smithrow, enjoying another fine game, entered the area, tied up his marker in knots, and cut the ball back for Beke Osaka to stroke home into the empty net. We remained in total control and added a third 13 minutes before the end 
when Cedric did superbly to get to the byline and cut it back for Aubameyang to slot home beyond Darlow. That sealed the three points and a thoroughly satisfactory night for Mikel Arteta's side. The photos in the print copy have the following captions. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang takes a bow after opening the scoring. Bukio Osaka points at goal architect Emil Smith-Rowe. Bukio emphatically doubles our lead. The team celebrate the crucial second goal. Granite Sharka holds off Callum Wilson. Ball on the string, typical Emil Smith-Rowe. A poised Alexandre Lacazette. Player feature, burned. If you're looking for turning points in the season, our win at home to Chelsea on Boxing Day is one match that certainly stands out. Under a fair amount of pressure going into that game, without a league winning seven matches, we recorded a 3-1 victory to kickstart a winning run. And for goalkeeper Bernd Leno, that was the game that proved to be the pivotal moment. The outcome would have been right in the balance in the closing few minutes were it not for the Germans' late penalty save that preserved our two-goal cushion. In fact, from that moment, Byrne didn't concentrate on another goal. No more than 500 minutes, racking up a consecutive clean sheet in the process. Five of them. It led to compatriot and gunner's great Jans Lehmann describing his fellow number one as the most consistent player of the season. Speaking to the programme before we announced the signing of Matt Rayner, Byrne looked back on the last few weeks and gave his assessment on today's opponents. You started the year in fantastic form with five consecutive clean sheets. You must be delighted. Yeah, of course, it's always good to have one clean sheet, so five in a row is even better. But it's not only for me. I don't take all the credit. It's all about the whole team. Look at the Newcastle League game, for example. There wasn't much for me to do. It's not only the defenders nor the midfielders, but also the strikers. We are defending as a team. We are pressing well and not allowing as many counter-attacks for the opponent. It is something we have struggled a bit with in the past couple of years, but the team is much better organised now. Everybody wants to do their job and to see the results. Do you feel the team is more comfortable playing out from the back lately? Yes, when you try and play from the back, you need confidence and to do it successfully. Everybody needs to be on the right position and everybody needs to take a little bit of risk. But you can see over the last few weeks, the confidence is coming back. But I think what's happened is that we become more unpredictable. Sometimes we play long, sometimes short. And before, we wanted to play too much in our own half and move the ball backwards. Where there was no advantage, this makes more difficult for teams to press us, even when they don't know what they're going to do every time. We still have the potential to improve even more, though. Does keeping back-to-back clean sheets help to build confidence? Well, to be honest, I don't focus too much on those type of stats. But yes, I think it can create a good habit. You know that when you keep a clean sheet, there's at least one point. And with our quality on the pitch, we should be confident we will be able to score at least once in every game. Every goalkeeper wants to keep a clean sheet every game. But the difference is the basics. When you have a good defence, then it becomes much more positive to win the games, especially in the Premier League where there's so much quality. So every game, our target has to be to defend like 
as a team. And for me, it's going to be hard to beat individually. And you have made plenty of big saves in the last few games. What are your favourites? There's not one save in particular. I think of all of them as very important. Maybe the save against Newcastle in the Cup was the last second of the 90 minutes. And if it goes in, then we've lost. That was a very difficult game as a goalkeeper because there was not much for me to do in that game until that big chance right at the end. That's the hardest thing for a goalkeeper, to stay focused and for that one chance. Also, to save in the Palace match was also very important because if you go down 1-0, it's even harder against a team like Palace. I'm so pleased with all of them. The most important thing is that I could help the team out. The penalty save against Chelsea also proved to be important and helped kick-start our form. Yes, but penalties are always a little bit lucky, especially when someone like Giago, you wait and then you gamble left or right. We played well in that game, conceded a goal late on, and then the 90th minute they had that penalty. If they scored that, then we know that we would have five or more long minutes. That save meant we could claim five minutes against Jorginho, and you don't have to gamble and you wait as long as possible. He has a very special technique, and I remember that penalty. He scored against us in January at Stamford Bridge. He scored it, but I went the right way, and the difference was that he put it closer to the post. But this one was not as right in the corner, which made it easier to save, but also I gambled right. Do you spend time studying the penalty techniques of the opposition, especially against a team like Manchester United that have been awarded so many? No, not really, but of course you see on TV quite often and uh, also we prepare. But in the end, it depends more on the feeling that I have at that moment. Which way is he going to go? Is he going to wait? There's no preparation because you don't know 100% what they're going to do. I know Bruno is a top player and a top penalty taker, so the best way not to concede from a penalty is don't make fouls in the box. We beat United 1-0 at Old Trafford in November, but they've been on great form ever since. Does that just prove how quickly things change in the Premier League? Yes, I can remember after that game, everyone was talking about us, and United were 14th or 15th. They looked like they were struggling, but then they went on that long run, and then they went top of the league. And you can see how the top quality in every position. But it's a game for us to show how good we are. We lost a lot of points in November December, so we have to win these types of games to make sure the gap in the top gets smaller and not bigger. Matt Macy left the club recently, so can you tell us about young goalkeepers coming through at Arsenal now? Players like James Hilson, Carl Hine and Arthur Okwoko. I have to say that most of these guys are top guys and they are very motivated and they want to learn each day. When they train with us, you can see how much they have improved because the quality in the first training is obviously very high. And they all look very, very good goalkeepers for the future. They have a great chance to reach the top level. For me, I enjoy working with them. We get on well as a goalkeeper group. That makes things much more fun and easier to work with well as well. Every day to enjoy your job. As a number one and experienced keeper, did you speak much with Alex Ranarsson after his game against Man City? Yeah, of course, experience is very important for a goalkeeper. Alex made a mistake, but it happens. It happens in every goalkeeper's career. After the game, I said to him, keep your head up because it's a very hard. I'm sure that in the long term or a year or two, he can say to himself, this game made me stronger. 
In that situation, when you are very disappointed, it's sometimes better to leave him alone as well and not go on about it too much. We have a very good relationship in training. We get on well. He's a calm guy, a top guy, and I'm always trying to be very positive around him. I try to push him every day, be positive, and he recovered very well from that game. It's being part of a goalkeeper. You make one mistake and everybody talks about that, not the three or four saves you make. Sometimes that's not fair, but that's life. We chose as a goalkeeper. Finally, Byrne, how do you find in lockdown life? First of all, I'm pleased that we can still play football. Because the first lockdown, where we had eight or nine weeks with no football, is very weird. But I don't want to complain. People all over the world are struggling with real problems, so not playing football doesn't really compare to that. So now we got to get used to it. I live with my wife and my two dogs, so my life is training, walking the dogs in the afternoon. They're enjoying it when we spend so much time at home now. We had the small dog for four years and then we adopted a new dog in January. And ever since then, we have spent a lot of time together because we've basically been at home. So that's how I spend my time at the moment. In the first lockdown, I think that I read more books in a month or two than I had my whole life. The weather was nicer in the first lockdown, so we spent a lot of time outside. My wife was helping with training. We did a lot of YouTube workouts together. Now, at least we are playing football, so it's a bit more normal. But we hope to get back soon, and I hope that we can get back to normal as soon as possible. To follow Burned on Instagram, it's at BernardLino1. Born, Germany, March 4th, 1992. Join Arsenal from Bayer Leverkusen on June the 19th, 2018. Arsenal debut... In the Europa League, September the 20th, 2018, we won 4-2 against Volska. International Honours, 2017 FIFA Confederation Cup winner. Convertible Currency Football historian John Sperling looks at the evolution of Arsenal players' positions, past and present. Thierry Henry, left wing to legend. When Arsene Wenger first saw the teenage prodigy play at Monaco, his first instinct was that Thierry Henry was a natural striker. Yet Wenger believed that at that age, Henry's prodigious abilities would be better served out on the left wing. I thought that, as a youngster, he'd have more success against full-backs than central defenders. For France and then Juventus, whom Henri joined from Monaco in January 1999, he remained stuck, as he later described it, out on the left. In Italy, his form and self-confidence plummeted. In 2002, he explained, We played 3-5-2, with all the left side for me. When we were attacking, I was the second or third forward. When the ball was in the middle, I had to be the fifth midfielder. And when the ball was at the back, I was the fourth defender. Aged only 21, Henri found it nigh on impossible to adapt to the demands of a wide midfielder in Syria A. Signed by Marcello Lippi, Henri fared little better under Carlo Ancelotti, who later admitted to Henri's biographer, Philippe Auclair, I didn't think I could play him in the middle, and he never told me he could. Arsenal were linked with Henri as soon as Wenger took over at Highbury. 
but when striker Nicholas Anelka departed N5 in the summer of 1999, Wenger decided to reinvest the estimated £22 million the Gunners received from Real Madrid in both Davos Suka and Henri. Keen to emphasise that he was a different player and character than Anelka, Henri insisted, Nicholas is his own man, I am mine, after putting pen to paper, but he already knew that he was signed to replace Anelka. Arsene Wenger had informed Henri that he would be playing through the middle. I think he is a good finisher, Wenger argued. That is something he hasn't worked on enough in the last two years because he has played more wide. But I think he can become a central striker again. Henri had no time to adapt to the English game, entering the fray as a substitute for Freddie Lundberg in the 1999-2000 season opener against Leicester City. But in the opening weeks, Henri looked out of sorts, missed several great chances to break his Arsenal duck, and was, in his own words, awful during a 2-0 loss at Liverpool. The Guardian's Kevin Makara likened the Gunners and Henri to a piece of film being developed. He even admitted to not being a natural goalscorer, and confessed to missing loads of chances this season. But then, away to Southampton in September, he finally modelled the type of explosive finish which would later see him describe as Arsenal's finest ever striker. With 15 minutes left and the scores tied up at nil-nil, Henri received a canoe passed, skipped past Saints defender Marco Almeida and curled an exquisite 25-yard effort past goalkeeper Paul Jones. Comparatively little was made of Henri's first goal in English football although the press purred about his impact against AIK Solna in the Champions League at Wembley a few days later, when the introduction of Henri and Kanu from the bench turned the game, enabling Arsenal to record a 3-1 win. By late November, after he returned to the side following an injury which kept him out of the starting eleven for a month, Henri's engine began to purr and the goals flowed. Within the space of three and a half months, Henri had enjoyed the first of many purple patches he'd have in an Arsenal shirt, plundering braces of goals against Derby County, Sunderland and Deportivo La Coruna. Along before the clocks went forward in April 2000, he'd mastered the art of hanging on the shoulder of the last defender and blasting past him. After he did so to devastating effect against Sunderland's former Gunners defender Steve Bould, the TV commentator described the Frenchman as world-class. Henri became ever more consistent as the months and years passed, and by the time he departed Arsenal in 2007, this spellbinding left-winger turned central striker had scored a record 226 goals for the Gunners, adding two more when he returned for a brief but memorable seven-game spell in 2012. David Price Midfielder moves up Although the former England schoolboy skipper made his Arsenal debut against Leeds United at the tail end of the 1971-72 campaign, aged just 17, and remained at Highbury for almost a decade, midfielder David Price, with a first-team slot never a certainty, admitted to always looking over my shoulder at Highbury. A serious ankle injury in the reserves hampered his progress, but a loan spell at Peterborough and a one-year extension of his Arsenal contract by Bertie Mee enabled the Surrey-born player to regain his confidence and his composure, 
fight for his place and play, as he recalled, wherever I was needed on the pitch. Price is best remembered for his decisive role in the 1978-79 FA Cup run, in both the semi-final against Wolves and in the final, where his crucial interception set up Arsenal's opening goal, scored by Brian Talbot. But on one memorable occasion in March 1977, Price was awarded the number 10 shirt, playing up front alongside Malcolm McDonald after an injury to Frank Stapleton. Just for good measure, Price even scored Arsenal's equalising goal. But with Stapleton restored to fitness for Arsenal's next league match against Leicester, Price was back in his more familiar midfield berth for that game. Fourteen times, Thierry Henry. In August, we lifted the FA Cup for a record-extending 14th time. But it's not just our rich, illustrious history and football's oldest knockout competition that is synonymous with the number 14. It happened on the 14th. February the 14th, 2007. Bolton 1, Arsenal 3. We missed two penalties but still managed to overcome Bolton after extra time in this FA Cup fourth-round replay. A much-changed Arsenal side went ahead early through Emmanuel Adebayo, and Gilberto's penalty miss on the hour mark looked to be costly when Abdule mighty scrambled an injury-time equaliser. Freddie Lundberg restored our lead in the second period of extra time before Julio Batista missed our second-spot kick of the night but this time it wasn't costly, as Adebayo wrapped up the win with his second goal in the last minute to send us through to the fifth round. The most famous number 14 in our history is Thierry Henry, who broke the all-time club-scoring record while wearing the shirt in 2005, just six years after joining the club from Juventus. But as the master goal-scorer revealed himself, he never wanted that squad number in the first place. He said, 14 is not my number. I took the number 14 because Christopher Ray had number 12, so I didn't want to take it off him. That's the reason. So the man who made the Arsenal 14 shirt so iconic could instead have done so to our number 12 shirt. And indeed, he did get the chance to do that in 2012, when he returned for a loan spell from New York Red Bulls. The Frenchman explained, I came back with number 12, that's my number actually. I took number 12 because of Marco van Basten at Euro 88. Henri then went on to score two more goals in the shirt, taking his overall total to 228. The first of these against Leeds in the FA Cup remains one of the most memorable and it owed more to number 12 than 14. Henri added, It was kind of weird. I scored with 12 minutes to go on the clock, 78th minute. That was my 12th game against Leeds. That was my 12th goal. I'm wearing number 12, and we were just turning into 2012. But Henri's Arsenal legacy was built as the number 14, in which he won four Premier League golden boots, two PFA Player of the Year awards, two league titles, and three FA Cups. Incidentally, he netted three times in the 14th minute, 
all in the Premier League. The three photographs in the printed copy have the captions when the number 14 became an invincible. One of his many goals against Manchester United. Denilson in FA Cup action against Bolton in 2007. My Story The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has partnered with Islington Council and HIS Church to supply meals and food projects and food banks across Islington and Camden during the COVID-19 lockdown. Joseph Houston Mendy, 24, from Islington Council, tells us what's involved. I actually graduated from Bournemouth University with a degree in sports management, but after a long day of applying for jobs, I was watching The Apprentice, which sparked an interest in finding an apprenticeship in project management. Islington Council's parking department had one, and I was fortunate enough to pass the interviews. Since then, I started in September 2019. I've developed out of my apprentice role into Islington Council's estate transport team, where one of the big projects I've been working on is to deliver cycle storage facilities to local estates within the borough. The project has received great feedback so far. Since the first lockdown, I've been working for Islington Food Distribution Service. There have been a partnership between Islington Council, Arsenal and his church, which has developed 500,000 meals to food projects across the borough. These deliveries are crucial in feeding Islington because residents who have had their finances impacted by a lockdown rely on the services provided at the food bank, which rely on deliveries that we provide. The demand for food provisions since the first lockdown has definitely risen and the financial effects have created difficulties and uncertainties. The additional financial service such as furlough, universal credit have provided some support for residents, but... Dependence on the food projects has definitely gone up. The first wave pretty much caught everybody off guard with the demand, but during the winter period, we have come together as a community to provide additional support to those most in need. The Arsenal Foundation has helped us tremendously in terms of providing volunteers, funding for food deliveries, and at one point during lockdown, housing us within Emirates Stadium. As a huge Arsenal fan myself, I was an incredible experience, especially as I was lucky enough to bub into club legend Tony Adams. I've worked in the distribution centre since early April and I've seen the impact that it's had on residents and also on the atmosphere of the borough. My proudest moment on a personal level was winning the London Council's Apprentice of the Year Award for my contribution to this project. Twelve months on and from watching The Apprentice I was simply honoured to know that I was helping my community when I needed it the most. I think it's really important for football clubs to help their communities, especially in an era where we hear a lot about how much a club is worth and how much the players are paid. Football clubs are a focal point of the communities for many people and they cherish any link that they have with the club. Community Premier League kicks. Although he'll be an opponent on the pitch tonight, we would like to extend a warm welcome to Marcus Rashford and congratulate him on his work 
to not only raise awareness of food poverty, but also in tackling the stigma attached to it. Following on from this, the Premier League and Barclays supported young people by funding Premier League Kicks holiday camps that we ran just prior to Christmas. The holiday camps were an extension of our weekly PL Kick session in Islington and Camden and were delivered between December 21st and 23rd at Elthorne Park and Cantilo's Sports Centre. Each day consisted of socially distanced football activities and life skills workshops, which included a Barclays Financial Literacy Workshop. Each day, every participant also received a nutritious meal and a goodie bag provided by both the Premier League and the football club. All of this was provided free of charge to all participants. In addition to our regular PL Kicks participants, the holiday camp places were offered out to young people that we hadn't worked with before. Through liaising with some of our strategic partners, we were able to ensure that the programme was accessible to families who needed it most. It was also due to our strong strategic partnerships that the programme was able to run. As a couple of days beforehand, a government announcement regarding changing COVID restrictions meant that 11th hour plans had to be made. But people pulled together to ensure that young people in both boroughs could enjoy a safe and positive experience and have an enjoyable end to a challenging year. We received the following feedback from parents who loved the holiday camps. This year has been tough. This program has brought happiness to many children. Being a single parent, I am so grateful for this activity. My sons have been able to play football, have fun with their friends and have a healthy lunch each day. I am really grateful. I was worried that my daughter wouldn't have any nice presents for Christmas. So thank you for the gifts. It means a lot to us. Photo of the week. Arsenal in the community's Twitter account at AFC Community highlights some of this month's community work. Congratulations, Khalid. You're a shining example of what young people can achieve. Hashtag PL Kicks. Hashtag PLCF 10-Year Awards. At PL Communities. Pictures. Coaching sessions took place in the local community just before Christmas. And socially distanced sessions as part of the PL Kicks program at Elthorne Park. Forward Arsenal 23 David Lewis Arsenal Football Club prides itself on always looking forward, so we're asking our players to gaze into the future to see what's on the horizon. What are your plans for tonight? Well, my plans at the moment are the same for every evening, to be with my family and to be with my daughter. My daughter was a great gift from God last year, so I want to spend all the time I have free now with her. She is my world now, so I don't need to do anything else away from football anymore. Looking further ahead, what are your plans for the end of your playing career? I think I'm going to be a coach. I love to be with people, to work with teams, to help people improve and help make dreams come true. I have this idea now, when I finish football, to be a coach. It's my plan for now, but you never know what can happen in the future. 
Maybe I have to change. Maybe I have to be more living just for my daughter, or if we have other kids. I don't know. But if you ask me today what my plans are for the future, then it's to be a coach. Have you started your coaching badges yet? Yes, I've already started taking the qualifications. What sort of coach do you want to be? Well, I want to be a head coach. I want to be out on the pitches every day training players. I love football, so I want to stay involved as much as I can and be around the players every day. That's the plan, but you never know. You don't know what project you might be offered and whether you want to do it at that time. All I know is that I will be a coach who really loves their work, really wants to work every day, and does the job because I really love football. For me, that's the only way to do the job, if you really love it. Before that, what would you still like to achieve in your playing career? I still have a lot of ambitions. I always have. That's why I think carefully about every move I've made. When you play for Arsenal, you have to win trophies. When I joined the club, I did that to win titles. I managed to get one in my first season, and I want to continue the same way now. Football is about winning. That's what I am here for. How far forward do you generally plan your life and your schedule? Well, I have my plan for the week, and I have my goals for the year. Of course I have a schedule, one for inside the club and the training that we are doing, and also one for outside the club, and the individual work I am doing. I try to improve my performance, I try to improve my fitness, so everything is worked around that. How far forward do you look at the fixture list? Yes, I do as well, because you can't just have a short-term plan. You have to look long-term as well at when there are more busy periods or quieter periods. This helps you understand things better, that at certain moments things can be different. It helps you understand how you can train, how you can motivate yourself, how you can organise yourself. Looking at the fixtures can help you think, oh, maybe things will change here, maybe we will get good results there. So I always try to have plans for both long-term and short-term. Are you working on anything away from football at the moment? Yes, I have my charity in Brazil, and I try to spend time on that when I can. My mum and dad are the head of the project, and ever since I was young, they have taught me that you have to share in life. So when God blessed me with my football, Ever since, I have tried to help others when I can. It's just me and my family and some volunteers, and we try to help who we can back in Brazil. Do you think you will live in Brazil when you stop playing? I don't know, because it depends where your job takes you. I want to be a coach, mainly in Europe, so I think I will live in Europe, maybe in Portugal, because of the language because I know the country, and I love it there, and the weather, the beaches. So I think it will probably be Portugal. What do you want when you retire that you can't do now? Surf. I want to go surfing, 
because I can't do that while I'm playing, but I am looking forward to doing that with my daughter when I retire. What country or city would you like to visit? I want to visit Hawaii because I've never been there. How organized are you in general life? I'm very organized. I like to have a clear idea of what I'm doing, what's happening, what my plan is. I think that's because I left home when I was 14, so I had to live alone, and life taught me you need to be organized if you want to achieve anything. Finally, you are told there's a spare seat on the next trip to the International Space Station. Do you go? If there were two seats, who would you want with you? Yeah, of course, why not? Could be cool. Developing strong young guns. In this issue, Young Gun, Alex Kirk. Match report, two pumping wins. News, new contracts. Remember, Xavier and stats, results and fixtures. Young Gun, Alex Kirk, talking to Aidan Small. Born October 27th, 2002 in Stevenage. Signed for Arsenal, under 11s. Height and weight, 6 at 4, 87 kilos. Position, centre-back, school, hitching boys. I recently had the honour of signing my first professional contract with Arsenal and it got me thinking back to the Hale End days where my love of football started. You see, I didn't follow the most conventional route to becoming an academy player. Unlike many of my teammates who joined Arsenal at just six years of age, I couldn't even kick a ball yet, let alone do the skills that they were doing. It wasn't until I was seven that I became more interested in football and started practising in the back garden with my dad. But I didn't join my first Sunday team until I was almost nine. I know that's not too late in the grand scheme of things, but compared to the current teammates and even my friends at school, it's very late. My route for the love of football is still something we're trying to work out as a family. No one on either side of my family is sporty. No one is particularly interested in football either. My parents know nothing about football. They just try and watch it and understand the support a little more. But my mum in particular has no idea. Bless her. She tries. So where did it all start then? As a kid, I used to love watching Match of the Day. And I'd always try and stay up late to watch it every weekend. From there, I joined my Sunday team and my school team. And that's when I realised that this is something that I really do enjoy. As a kid, I was always quite tall and athletic compared to my friends. So I'd often play a central midfielder or winger for my Sunday team. The game plan would be... Give the ball to Alex and let him run straight. When I first joined the Sunday team, the only thing that made me stand out was my height. After a couple of months of training, the difference was noticeable and I realised that I was the best player there. And I hate myself for saying that, but we won the league in my final year and they even folded as a club the year after. Until I joined Arsenal as an under-11, my football education was non-existent. I just used to go there and run. I didn't even know that academies existed. I remember going to Hale End on my first day and I came away thinking there's no way they're going to sign me. Incredibly, they did. Over the next three years, I never really played and I didn't really think I was that good. Compared to my school friends, I was great. But when I joined Arsenal, already had players like Musa and Miguel Aziz and they were just a joke. They were miles clear of me. But as an only child, 
My parents have always spoken to me as a young adult, and I feel like over the years it's made me really mature for my age. That allowed me to process and understand the difficult situations because I could talk it through with my parents. We joke about it now because they know that I was thinking it too, but my parents were thinking, oh no, it's not looking good, is it? At one stage, I was honestly better at athletics than I was at football. I started at year four doing cross-country and came first in Hertfordshire every year for the next five years. I also competed in pentathlon in year 10 for my school and I was invited to represent England, but that was in the same year I picked up a nine-month injury for under-15 level. Things are certainly looking tough for me in football at that time, but I'd never stopped working hard and I was so proud to be where I am today. I think over the last 18 months in particular, I've improved a lot as a player, both on and off the pitch. Training with the under-23s from pre-season until now has played a massive part in that. Everything they do is so much more intense, so when they come back to under-18s football, I feel more confident to be able to implement certain things in the game. I made a few mistakes for goals last season, and I'm sure that some stage they will make another, but I really believe that I've cleared up with my round game. Another thing I've been working on is becoming more vocal on the pitch. Growing up at Arsenal was always very quiet and polite. But as a defender, you can really help your teammates by leaning and giving instructions from the back. You have to be vocal as a defender and so many people are saying that to me. But as a kid, I just wasn't in my natural character. Playing for the under-23s has given me so much more confidence to do that and I feel like it's added another layer to my game. Now... I just need to keep working hard, and who knows what the future holds. Alex Kirk, the lowdown. Earliest memory of football? Playing in the garden with my dad. Got me into football, my friends. First footballer you looked up to? Cristiano Ronaldo. Your favourite football show earned? The Retro 99 kit. Best friend in football? All my teammates. Team supported as a child? Manchester United. Best goal you've scored against Southampton under-13s. Best player you've faced? Saka in training. Best game I've had? Against Man United. One stadium I'd like to score in? Wembley. Best piece of skill I've done as a game? Just a simple step over. If I could change position, I'd be a striker. Best ground tip I've ever had? Work hard every day. Other sports I'm good at? Golf and athletics. Favourite training drill? Small-sided games. Ambitions this season away from the pitch to get good A-level grades. An important non-playing attribute for young footballers. Determination and good work ethic. The biggest lesson learned off the pitch? How to deal with injuries. Something people may not know about you. My right foot is a size 10 and my left foot is a size 12. Match report. Premier League. Friday the 22nd. Meadow Park. Premier League 2, the Arsenal under-23s, 5, Brighton and Hove Albion, under-23s, 0. Following Balogun developed a performance to remember in our under-23s as we cruised to a 5-0 victory over Brighton last week. It was the fifth consecutive Premier League 2 victory for Steve Bold's side, seeing them climb up the table from 11th to 5th. This was our youngest first competitive fixture in over a month, but there were no signs of rustiness at Meadow Park as Miguel Aziz gave us an early lead. The 18-year-old midfielder picked up the possession on the edge of the area 
skipped past his marker and then curled the ball into the top right-hand corner. Balogun then went on to double our advantage in style, kick-starting an attack and weaving between two defenders before playing a 1-2 with Aziz and whipping the ball past Thomas McGill in the far left corner. The 19-year-old forward looked dangerous every time he received the ball and that wasn't long before he had his second of the night. Played through by Aziz on the counter, Balogun got his head down on the halfway line and charged at the Brighton defence, beating his marker for pace before finishing in the bottom corner. Things only got better in the second half too, as Tim made a virtual recovery on the end of Brighton's defence and teed up with Moller, who was left with the simple task of firing into an open goal. The entire team delivered an impressive performance, but Captain Balogun in particular was outstanding and deep into stoppage time, he completed his hat-trick, controlling a loose ball inside the area, finishing through the legs of McGill. Match Report Under-18 Premier League South Saturday, January the 23rd, London Colney Arsenal 4, Tottenham 1 Our under-18s claimed bragging rights in the North London derby as they secured a 4-1 victory over Tottenham Hotspur. Ken Gillard's side was without Marcio Flores and Edwards in attack, but that didn't stop them from delivering an impressive performance from start to finish at London Colney. With just 17 minutes on the clock, Banneret sent an inviting delivery into the penalty area and Zane Mollaloo was on hand to finish with the initial header saved. The visitors then went on to equalise against the run of play, with Murrin finding the bottom corner from 20 yards, but that didn't kill our spirits. And with just seconds remaining of the first half, Hutchinson produced a moment of magic. Once again, it was Bandia who kick-started the move, seeing Hutchinson free down the right wing. The youngster all had to do, after chopping past his marker and skipping past another, he curled a stunning effort off the post to restore the lead. Following the restart, we continued to assert our dominance of the game, and with a sweeping counter-attack, Kiddo Taylor Hart received the ball out on the left, cut inside to his right foot, fizzed the ball into the far corner at pace. Tottenham's James Donnelly then forced a good save from Herbert, who replaced the injured OV at the break, before Mazid Ogongo capped our first victory of 2021 with a sublime strike into the top corner. Academy News. Alex goes pro. As you may have read our Young Guns feature, Alex Kirk has signed his first professional contract with us. The 18-year-old centre-back has progressed through the academy age groups and is now a regular for our under-18 side. Alex is known for his calm composure on the ball. He has featured regularly for the back for our under-18s this season and he has made his debut for our under-23s in October. Alex has also trained with the first team several times. We congratulate Alex on his professional contract and we look forward to supporting him with his continued development. Keeper is here for keeps. Young call keeper James Hilson has signed a new contract with the club. The 20-year-old joined us on loan from Reading at the end of the 2018-19 season before joining us on professional terms on July 2019. Well done to your new contract and here's to many more clean sheets. Academy alumni. Catching up with former Arsenal Academy players as they continue their pro careers away from the Emirates. Xavier Anamichi. 
joining the Scholar in 2017-18 along the likes of Flo Balligan, Terrace John Jules and Mark McGuinness, Xavier has been part of the Arsenal Academy since 2013 and famed for his speed and dribbling. He played 18 under-18 games, scoring 10 goals and making one assist and made the step up to the under-23s, playing 22 times at that level, scoring four times and getting eight assists. However, two years after signing the Scholar, Xavier opted to pursue a career in Balasilla too. With Hamburg, after joining them in July 2019, he made his debut for the German Cup against Chemezia. Two weeks later, the England Under-20 International was involved in numerous matchday squads for the first season and made two appearances in the Bundesliga in the Regala Nord, where he made four appearances and scored three goals. This season, however, Xavier has found opportunities hard to come by with Hamburg, with just 12 minutes as a sub of the league and two regional league appearances when he scored twice. With opportunities limited earlier in the month, Xavier was on the move to Karlsruhe, also in Bundesliga 2, where he is immediately involved in Christian Eches' side. The right winger was a late sub in their 1-1 draw in the Heidelheim last Saturday, and he will be hoping to make a real impression during the rest of the season. Emirates FA Cup, 4th round, 12.15pm, Saturday, January the 23rd, at St Mary's Stadium. Southampton 1, Arsenal 0. First half. We started the match slowly, and almost paid the price on 15 minutes, when Shea Adams skipped past Gabriel into the box, but his low shot across goal was kept out by a strong hand from Bernd Leno. Gabriel Martinelli had our first sight of goal when he made a clever run from deep to latch on to Pepe's free kick, but the Brazilian fluffed his chance when the ball arrived at his feet. It turned out to be costly when Southampton took the lead midway through the half. Kyle Walker-Peter's low cross shot was sliced past Leno and into his own net by the sliding Gabriel. The goal, the first we had conceded in 2021, lifted the Saints, who began to get on top and were pressing with even more enthusiasm. Second half. We started the second half sluggishly too, until Thomas Partey and Buka Yosaka were summoned from the bench to try to inject some drive into our play. Eddie Nketiah and Rob Holding both missed chances in quick succession, but at last we were starting to see more of the ball. Nketiah again drew a low save from Fraser Forster's legs after being set up by Nicolas Pepe. There's no doubt we were increasing the pressure, but the home defence stood firm. Pepe's late free kick flashed over the bar, and with it our hopes of retaining the FA Cup disappeared. Visitors Manchester United by Mike Hammond Formed 1878 as Newton Heath 1902 as Manchester United Nickname The Red Devils Stadium Old Trafford Capacity 74,140 Honours First Division Stroke Premier League Winners 1907 Stroke 08 1910 Stroke 11 1951 Stroke 52 1955 stroke 56, 
1956 stroke 57, 1964 stroke 65, 1966 stroke 67, 1992 stroke 93, 1993 stroke 94, 1995 stroke 96, 1996 stroke 97, 1998 stroke 99, 1999 stroke 2000, 2000 stroke 01, 2002 stroke 03, 2006 stroke 07, 2007 stroke 08, 2008 stroke 09, 2010 stroke 11, 2012 stroke 13. Second division stroke championship winners, 1935 stroke 36, 1974 stroke 75. FA Cup winners, 1909-1948-1963-1977-1983-1985-1990-1994-1994-2004-2016 League Cup winners, 1992-2006-2009-2010-2011-2012 Charity Shield, 2008, 2010, 2011, 2013, 2016 European Cup Stroke Champions League winners 1968, 1999, 2008 Europa League winners 2017 European Cup Winners Cup winner 1991 European Super Cup winner 1991 Club World Cup winner 2008 Owner Manchester United PLC Co-Chairman Joel and Avram Glazer Social followers Twitter 24.3 million Instagram 38.8 million Facebook 73.4 million Manchester United are flying high in the 2020-21 Premier League as they bid to become champions again for the first time in eight years and a record-extending 21st time in all. The Red Devils are on to their fourth manager since Sir Alex Ferguson finally took his leave after 27 years in charge, and no fewer than 13 league titles, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer hoping to achieve what David Moyes, Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho were unable to do and return United to the Premier League perch that became their natural habitat under the celebrated Scotsman. If United are to go on to lift that Premier League trophy again, a major factor will be their remarkable away form. They are yet to be beaten on their travels this season. Eight wins and two draws extending their undefeated away run in the league to 17 matches. Indeed, it is over a year since they lost away from Old Trafford in the league. A 2-0 defeat against Liverpool at Anfield on January 29, 2020, their last such reverse. Perhaps more remarkable still has been United's ability to bounce back from conceding the opening goal. 
They conceded first in each of their opening six Premier League away games this season, yet won them all. 3-2 at Brighton, 4-1 at Newcastle, 3-1 at Everton, 3-2 at Southampton when they were 2-0 down, 3-1 at West Ham and 3-2 at Sheffield United. Conversely, the first time they opened the scoring as visitors against Leicester on Boxing Day, they could only draw 2-2. Their first clean sheets on the road came earlier this month, 1-0 at Burnley, 0-0 at Liverpool, before they returned to the familiar routine of conceding first and winning in a 2-1 victory 10 days ago at Fulham that gave them a two-point lead at the top of the table after 19 matches. United are also through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, where they take on West Ham at Old Trafford, thanks to another big comeback win, 3-2 at home to Liverpool last Sunday. However, they will not be appearing in the Carabao Cup final, having lost to neighbours Manchester City in the semi-final for the second year in a row, 2-0 at home. In fact, United appear to have a semi-final curse under Solskjaer, as they were last four losers last season also in the FA Cup against Chelsea, and the Europa League against eventual winners Sevilla. United are back in the Europa League this season, alongside Arsenal, Leicester and Tottenham, having failed to get through their Champions League group. They look to be firmly on course for the round of 16 when they beat Paris Saint-Germain 2-1 away and RB Leipzig 5-0 at home in their opening two matches. But three defeats in their last four games scuppered their chances and their next European assignment is an intriguing Europa League round of 32 tie against Real Sociedad. Winners of that competition under Mourinho in 2017, United are without a trophy since. But given where they stand right now, it will be a major disappointment if they do not add some more silverware to their role of honour this season. Mutual Admiration we believe the only player to have had the honour of captaining both Arsenal and Manchester United is Cesar Jenkins, whose full name, Cesar Augustus Llewellyn Jenkins, hinted at his position as one of Victorian football's big characters. He joined the Gunners in 1895 on being released by Small Heath, later Birmingham City, after Jenkins assaulted two spectators. He went on to score six goals in 27 matches for Woolwich Arsenal and when he was capped for Wales, he became the Gunners' first international footballer. With a very rugged style, he was frequently sent off in an era when this was a very rare occurrence and he took his physical style to Newton Heath, later Manchester United, in the summer of 1895 for a season in which he skiffered the team. Premier League record, AFC wins 16. Draws, 17. MUFC wins, 24. Arsenal win percentage, 28. All-time record, AFC wins, 84. Draws, 52. MUFC wins, 97. Arsenal win percentage, 36. 5. Arsenal and United filled the top two spaces in the Premier League for five out of six seasons between 1998 and 2003. 4,015. Arsenal and United are the top two scorers in Premier League history with a combined 4,015 goals. 50. Ryan Giggs played in this fixture more than any other player, appearing against us in 50 of the total 233 matches. Scouting Report by Michael Cox.
since Arsenal produced a fine performance to defeat Manchester United 1-0 in the reverse fixture in early November, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side haven't lost a single Premier League game. They also have a habit of performing better away from Old Trafford, particularly because of their counter-attacking speed and boasted a good record in big games even before their dramatic recent improvement against the top flight's lesser lights, with a surprise change of shape often effective. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has generally played 4-2-3-1 this season, although there have been experiments with a midfield diamond and split strikers playing from the flanks. Either way, the man who dominates this United side is Bruno Fernandes, who was immediately handed the number 10 role upon his transfer from Sporting Lisbon this time last year and has produced a remarkably consistent stream of performances. Capable of knitting the play together in deep positions before breaking into the box to score goals, Fernandes is United's obvious danger man. The aforementioned counter-attacking speed comes primarily from Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial. Rashford usually plays from the left, from where he can cut inside and shoot but he also likes playing first time around the corner passes towards the United central striker. Rashford has also been used on the right on occasion, while for the recent 0-0 draw with Liverpool, he was deployed up front with regular number 9 Anthony Martial switching to the left, where he occupied Trent Alexander-Arnold effectively. That said, Martial has more regularly played up front, where his link play has improved dramatically. Edinson Cavani is also available if Solskjaer wants a purer number 9. Still boasting a turn of speed, but a much greater aerial threat than his attacking colleagues, while the two-footed Mason Greenwood can theoretically play anywhere in the final third, but is generally used on the right flank. Creative midfielders Juan Mata and Donny van der Beek are alternative options in the final third. Paul Pogba has experienced a resurgence in form recently, although, as always, there's a question about his best role. He was deployed on the right in the recent league draw with Liverpool. He can play deep in a 4-2-3-1, although in big games Solskjaer tends to prefer a combination of Scott McTominay and Fred, which offers better protection for the back four. United's defensive record isn't particularly impressive although the combination of Captain Harry Maguire and the calm, intelligent Victor Lindelof has worked well, with Eric Bailey capable of replacing the latter to provide more speed at the back. Luke Shaw is in good form at left-back, keeping newcomer Alex Tellis out of the side, while Aaron Juan Bissaka isn't a natural going forward, but is one of the best tacklers in the Premier League. In goal... David De Gea has performed some heroics at the Emirates over the years, although probably hasn't been at his best over the past year. Arsenal women. News and reports from England's most successful women's football team. Women's Super League, Sunday, January the 17th, Majeski Stadium. Reading won, Arsenal won. We made a disappointing start to 2021 as we were held to a 1-1 draw by Reading at the Majeski Stadium. Anna Patton was handed her second Arsenal debut after rejoining the club last week. 
while Leah Walty made her first start since returning from injury. Lining up for an attacking 3-2-2-3 formation, Joe would have hoped for a faster start from his side, but it was the hosts who came flying out the blocks, with two former gunners combining for the opener. Standing over a free kick, Emma Mitchell whipped a dangerous delivery into the penalty area for Lauren Bruton, who was on hand to finish at the near post just after five minutes. This should have been the wake-up call that we needed, but over the next half hour, we will remain sloppy in possession and we struggled to cut through Reading's aggressive press. Vivian Madima only needs one chance to score in front of goal. So, when Jill Rod's glancing header was saved and pushed back into the penalty area, our number 11 was well placed to level the score. The Netherlands international has now scored 12 women's Super League goals in just 11 fixtures this season. But that late finish on the first half wasn't enough for Montememo as he opted for a triple change at the break. With our troubles in playing out from the back, Jem Beedy, Lee Williamson replaced Lottie, Wuben May and Patton, whilst Mally Gutt swapped out for Beth Mead and Lisa Evans filling out the right back. These changes saw us carve out three golden opportunities in three quick successions. First, Medima fired wide from close range following some exceptional wing play by Mead before the latter was played through on goal and anchoristically fired over the bar. Jill Rowe's instinctive flicked effort was then somehow clawed away by Grace Maloney. We continued to search for the winner, placing the Royals under some great late pressure, but ultimately made us pay for our sloppy first half performance and a lack of composure and quality in the final third. West Ham game postponed. Our home fixture against West Ham women at Meadow Park last Sunday, January the 24th, was called off due to a frozen pitch and extreme weather warnings. The Barclays FA Super League was due to kick off at 12pm. However, following a pitch inspection at 9.30 and extreme weather warning, the fixture had to be postponed. A new date for the fixture has not yet been confirmed. Premier League Match Day 20 8.15pm Tuesday January the 26th at St Mary's Stadium Southampton 1 Arsenal 3 First half We almost went ahead within two minutes of kickoff. Granit Xhaka released Alex Lacazette into the box but Alex McCarthy saved the Frenchman's low shot. The Saints went up the other end and took the lead through a thumping Stuart Armstrong volley from James Ward-Prowse's outswinging corner. But we soon restored parity, Nicolas Pepe keeping his cool in the box after a pass from Zaka and sliding the ball home. It was an entertaining end-to-end match, and we went into the break in the lead thanks to a wonderful goal from Bukayo Saka. Lacazette fed the youngster with a perfectly weighted pass, and he skipped past McCarthy and rolled the ball home right-footed from outside the box. It was his fourth goal in his last six league starts. Second half. It was a much more measured start to the second half. The game was on a knife edge as the hosts began to peg us back. But our third goal killed their impetus. The impressive Cedric found Saka on the opposite flank 
and his low, first-time cross was converted from close range by Lacazette. Burned Leno made a superb save from a James Ward-Prowse free kick late on, and Rob Holding tackled Che Adams in the area as Southampton made us work until the last minute for the three points that lifted us up to eighth. My Arsenal Name, Gavin Garthwaite, age 37 Live in Cheltenham Occupation, Customer Relationship Manager Type of Membership, Silver Why are you an Arsenal fan? An Arsenal-supporting uncle got to me early, just in time for the 1988-89 season, and the rest is history. First Arsenal game Arsenal vs Sampdoria on August 4th, 1991. Makita Trophy. Gianluca Vialli equalised Paul Merson's opener. Match day routine. Avoid wearing any Arsenal clothing that I've worn where we've lost a game. Favourite place to eat pre-match. The Little Wonder Cafe. Great atmosphere, food and lots of Arsenal memorabilia. Favourite place to hang out before kick-off either in the club shop or near one of the statues. How do you feel when you approach the ground? Always optimistic of securing a win when at home. Favourite away ground? Bournemouth. Small and intimate, and you get the feeling the local supporters genuinely appreciate seeing the likes of Arsenal play. Do you collect Arsenal-related memorabilia? Some say too much. Programmes, magazine, team sheets, autographs, videos and DVDs and books. There's not much I haven't got. My favourites assigned 1990-91 team photo. Just means more with David Rowcastle's autograph. All-time favourite player. Has to be Thierry Henry. He was the best player in the world for a good few years when at Arsenal and should have picked up more personal accolades in my opinion. Your cult hero. Anders Limpar, the super Swede, had so much flair and ability, just wished he would have stayed with us for much longer than he did. Best Arsenal goal you've seen live. Alexis' free kick against Southampton in the League Cup in 2014. Best debut performance you've ever seen. Ian Wright against Southampton in 1992. Started scoring straight away and then couldn't stop. Ever met any Arsenal players? I met Arsene Wenger a couple of times near the ground. A great Arsenal man. Also got to hug Ian Wright at a book signing in Reading to thank him for all the goals he scored in my childhood. Current player you'd most like to go for dinner with. Kieran Tierney or Gabrielle Martinelli. Both extremely passionate about playing for the club and have the desire and ability to become club legends. You can erase one Arsenal moment from history. Jens Lehmann's red card in Paris. Should have won the game and a fitting end for some of the Invincibles team. If you could play in any Arsenal team in history, which would it be and who would you replace? Has to be the Invincibles team. I would slot in alongside Sol Campbell, sorry Colo, and allow the world-class players to do their business. Teams for Arsenal Manager Mikel Arteta Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and socks 
1. Bant Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. Caleb Garthwaite. 5. Gavin Garthwaite. 6. Gabriel. 7. Pukeo Saka. 8. Danny Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 11. Martin Odegaard. 12. William. 13. Alex Runason, goalkeeper. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Cedric Suarez. 18. Thomas Partey. 19. Nicolas Pepe. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 22. Pablo Mori. 23. David Lewis. 24. Reese Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 28. Joe Willock. 30. Eddie Nketiah. 32. Emil Smith-Rowe. 33. Matt Ryan, goalkeeper. 34. Granite Sharka. 35. Gabriel Martinelli. 38. Follerin Balogun. 41. Ben Cottrell. 66. Miguel Aziz. For Manchester United, manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. 1. David De Gea, goalkeeper. 2. Victor Lindelof. 3. Eric Bailey. 4. Phil Jones. 5. Harry Maguire. 6. Paul Pogba. 7. Edinson Cavani. 8. Juan Mata. 9. Anthony Martial. 10. Marcus Rashford. 11. Mason Greenwood. 13. Lee Grant, goalkeeper. 14. Jesse Lingard. 15. Andreas Pereira. 16. Marcus Royo. 17. Fred. 18. Bruno Hernandez. 19. Ama Diallo. 20. Didgo Dalot. 21. Daniel James. 22. Sergio Romero, goalkeeper. 23. Luke Shaw. 25. Odion Higalo. 26. Dean Henderson, goalkeeper. 27. Alex Tellers. 28. Facundo Palistri. 29. Aaron Guanbizaka. 31. Nemanja Matic. 33. Brandon Williams. 34. Donny van der Beek. 37. James Garner. 38. Axel Tuanzebe. 39. Scott McTominay. 40. Joel Pereira, goalkeeper. 43. Ted Mengi. 44. Taith Chong. Match officials. Referee Michael Oliver. Assistant referees Stuart Burt, Simon Bennett. Fourth official Robert Jones. VAR official Paul Tierney. Additional VAR official Andrew Halliday. Today's other fixtures. Everton vs Newcastle United at 12.30pm. Crystal Palace vs Wolverhampton Wanderers 3pm. Manchester City vs Sheffield United 3pm. West Bromwich Albion vs Fulham 3pm. Southampton vs Aston Villa 8pm. The Arsenal Foundation helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Invented in the lab, proven on the pitch. Fuel like the Gunners. Gatorade, number one sports drink in the world. The official sports drink of Arsenal Football Club. Sky Sports. Watch it live. Feel it all. Future. Forever faster. Humor. Premier League, official Premier League app. Manage your fantasy team and receive the latest Premier League updates. Free to download. Download on the App Store, get it on Google Play. Available at Amazon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 